Our scripture reading this morning is God with us, Matthew 1, 18-23. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to the public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. All right. Well, good to be with you on this Christmas Sunday. Glad you're with us uh, to worship together and uh, remember what this season's all about. Um, just a couple of quick things before we dive into this message. Uh, you may have noticed that we have a, a sign out front now that uh, is bigger than what we had before, and so that's awesome. And we're still kind of in, uh, if you may notice, some messes around the church. We're still kind of cleaning up from... Uh, some of the crazy things that have been going on around here. So we appreciate your patience uh, with us on that. We'll hope to get some of that cleared up here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you may notice a table uh, out in the foyer, and for all I know, you may have already cleared it off. But there's some things, some Christmas gifts, if you will, for you out there. Uh, there's some of our mugs with our old logo on it. If you want those, you can have them. There's not very many left. Um, there's some new little hand sanitizer dispensers with our new logo on it, or there's uh, some new pens and things like that. So just take a look back there, little invite cards and uh, that you can use to invite people to church and that kind of thing. So look at that uh, little table back there in the back if you haven't already on your way out. And I also want to mention, uh, and we'll remind you of all this later, but uh, our Christmas Eve service will uh, be tomorrow night. And so we're excited about that. And we're going to have carols and candlelight. We're even going to hand you an LED candle so that you can't burn the place down. And it's just going to be very nice, very uh, a nice way to uh, prepare our hearts for Christmas morning. And so uh, look, we'd love to see you here uh, Christmas Eve. It'll just be a short five, to, uh, no more than 545, maybe even less than that. So... Uh, but I think it's going to be a special time together. So let's look forward to sharing that with you. I grew up uh, in a, I guess, maybe like a lot of kids do, kind of with a sheltered life. Like you don't, uh, my parents, I think, shielded me from a lot of what people were dealing with in the world. And uh, so I thought that life was pretty good. And it was, you know, for me. And uh, we didn't deal with a lot of uh, tragedies or, or grief you know, at least for people that I was super close to during the years that I was growing up, we didn't uh, didn't have a whole lot of problems in the world that I knew of anyway. And I just kind of thought that was normal. And about seven years ago, I found out that's not normal. 
in, uh, in our life, you know, we've started having illnesses and found out that, you know, not everyone's healthy all the time. And, and we've lost people that we were close to and found out that that happens and it hurts. And, and uh, you know, we, in ministry, you walk with people through some really tough stuff and you come to realize over time that even though, you know, as a kid you thought everything and everyone was fine, they're not. And, and as I've gotten to know a lot of you, I find out that you're going through a lot of stuff, right? You're going through and dealing with a lot of things in your life that are hard and difficult. Pain and suffering that you experience in your life. Uh, you meet people in the world every day. And sometimes they act really ugly. And you think, huh, <laughs> wonder what's going on with them. They, sometimes you can just tell that something's bothering them. Uh, sometimes you can't tell at all because some of us put a mask on that looks pretty good. But as you live longer in life, don't we all realize at some point uh, that everyone's dealing with something at some point? And, and one of the great things about life that I think uh, we try to kid ourselves about a little bit in our Western society is that life is full of pain and suffering. Isn't this a wonderful opening to a sermon <laughs> on Christmas Sunday? But life is full of pain and suffering. It is. It's a reality of life. And almost every other culture in history has accepted that as reality. We sometimes try to kid ourselves into thinking that it shouldn't be that way, that we could overcome that, that we should be able to avoid pain and suffering in our life. Um, that, you know, with the right technology or medical advances or whatever, that, that we can eventually cure ourselves of pain and suffering. We often get angry when things happen that are painful or that cause suffering uh, because we don't believe that they should happen. And there's a sense in which we're right about that. There's a sense in which we recognize that not all is right in the world and, and we long for that to be made right. But there's also a sense in which we don't want to accept the fact that pain and suffering is a reality in the world that we live in. Now the reason I bring this up today uh, is because today we're talking about God with us. And we're talking about this concept in Christian belief and Christian faith called the Incarnation. And one of the reasons that I believe that the Incarnation is so important for us to understand and to remember in our lives and in our faith is because life is so full of so much pain and suffering. So I'll try and explain. But first let's talk about incarnation a little bit. And so looked up a definition for you. I think this will clarify things completely. You can find this online at Wikipedia, the greatest source of truth and knowledge known to mankind. <laughs> In Christian theology, incarnation, the doctrine of incarnation holds that Jesus, the pre-existent divine logos, which is Koine Greek for word, and the second hypostasis of the Trinity, God the Son and the Son of the Father, taking on a human body and human nature, was made flesh and conceived in the womb of Mary, the Theotokos. You still following? The doctrine of incarnation then entails that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully human. His two natures joined in hypostatic union. I bet you feel better about it now, don't you? 
I'm sure we could probably do better than that. The Gospels themselves talk about it in ways like this. This is kind of a poem found, it's poetic anyway, found at the beginning of John's Gospel where he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he uses this logos word uh, to refer to Jesus. And later on in that passage, that same passage, he says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Incarnation. Uh, you know, I didn't do a super big word study on that, but from what little bit of, uh, you know, Latin roots and things that I would know of, I mean, I know that carne at the Mexican restaurant is meat. <laughs> All right? So probably comes from a Latin word having to do with flesh, right? And so when we talk about incarnate, we're talking about God in the flesh. That God who is spirit and who everyone has understood as spirit and as other than the created. He is the creator. He is not the created. And so he created matter and he created flesh and he created human bodies, right? And, and he is not that. He is the creator of that. And yet the creator of that chose to take a part of himself and wrap it in the same flesh that you and I are wrapped in to take on the same body that he had created for us to use and to be both human and divine at the same time. And yes, that's a difficult concept to wrap our minds around and, and it raises a lot of questions if you have a questioning mind of how does that work? <laughs> you know, how, how does this work and how does that work? And did he know this and did he know that and how could he do this and how could he do, you know, it's just endless rabbit trails you could go down when you start thinking about someone who could be fully divine and fully human. But the point is that God, when he saw the trouble that we had gotten ourselves into through sin, did not stay far away and detached, but came to us when we could not come to him. He became incarnate, God with us. And that's what the passage we read about today, or we read today, concluded with this idea that God is with us. We, we read in the gospel today that Joseph, son of David, uh, this was an uh, angel speaking to Joseph, who was betrothed, engaged to Mary, and uh, was not sure what was going on. So the angel came and said, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And you can just imagine Joseph being kind of like, man, I didn't have Mary pegged for that kind of girl. <laughs> I liked her, but, you know, can't do this. So he's getting ready to, you know, break it off. And so an angel says, look, Joseph, here's the deal. The Holy Spirit actually entered Mary's body and sparked life within her. Well, that's never happened before. <laughs> wow. And, she, and uh, the angel goes on and says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, in that day and time, uh, dads, fathers, had the responsibility of naming the child. They had the last word on the subject. That's an interesting 
Interesting concept for our, our culture. You know, I don't know how that would go in the South if we turned all baby naming over to men. <laughs> this is my son, Big Buck. <laughs> and another dad saying, well, you don't want to play with my boy. This is 30-06. <laughs> this is my son, John, Deer. <laughs> it could be good <laughs> well God didn't want Joseph to get it wrong and so Jesus true dad talked to his early earthly father who would have all the rights and responsibilities of any other father when it came to Jesus and told him here's the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now if we can just take a time out from the whole God with us thing for a moment. And I'll just give you uh, a very brief thought that is completely detached. But it hit me this week as I was studying this. And uh, I found it kind of profound. You may not. Named Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. Rescue his people from their sins. I don't know how you typically think of why Jesus came. But I bet that it had to do with saving us from hell or saving us from death. And these things are consequences of sin. And so, in a sense, we're saved from those things as well. But Jesus was named Jesus because he will rescue his people from their sin. And I just think that's worth wrestling with in your mind a little bit. He didn't come just to forgive you so you could go to heaven. He came to rescue you from your sin. And if you're not addressing your sin with God, then you're not experiencing what Jesus was born for. Jesus came to rescue you from your sin. And that's just... I thought I would plant in your mind. When you're rescued from your sin, you'll also be rescued from the consequences of your sin. That's true. But God doesn't expect us to go on living in sin. He expects us to be freed from it. That's why Jesus came and was born and died and resurrected and sent his Holy Spirit, which takes us back to God with us. So all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet Isaiah long ago, that the virgin would conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. They will say, this is God with us. And they did say that, though not at first. A lot of people weren't sure what to make of Jesus. His own disciples weren't sure what to make of Jesus. Uh, even once they decided that this was the Messiah, they weren't sure what to make of Jesus. See, the Jews had long had a hope that God would someday reign, and that that reign would be preceded by the coming of His Messiah. But they didn't anticipate or expect that God would come as His Messiah. That the Messiah would be the divine Son of God. 
And so it took time for them to wrap their minds around this concept. It took the resurrection to verify it. It took Jesus returning to them and explaining things from the beginning to the end. From the beginning of Genesis all the way through his resurrection. For them to understand and begin to wrap their minds around the fact that they had been spending time with more than a man. With more than a Messiah even. Jesus would say things like, If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. He was God with them. But then he left. God came to be with us 2,000 years ago, but then he left, right? And he told them he was going to leave. And he said, it would be better for you if I do leave. And that's a weird thing to say. Wouldn't it be better if Jesus was here with us this morning? I would like that personally. He could preach the sermon. (laughs) But Jesus said it's better because if I go, then I can send a helper. I can send my spirit. The Spirit of God to help you, to be with you. And as he left his final words, his commissioning to his disciples, he said these famous words, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The age has not ended yet. Here we are in this strange time where the coming age is coming but the present age is still ending. (laughs) In some sort of overlap in time. And thank God that in this time where we still live in this broken, broken age with pain and suffering, such a great reality in our lives and in the lives of people all around the world. That there is hope for the future. And more than that, there is someone who can be with us to help us today and every day to the end of the age. How can it be better for Jesus to be not in the flesh anymore and yet still be with us? Well, he can be with you while he's with me. So that's a win-win for both of us. He can be with our brothers and sisters in China while they sleep this morning, even as he is with us here as we worship this morning. He can be with us no matter where we go. And he can be with us no matter what we're going through. When you're alone and nobody seems to be able to understand, nobody can reach you where you're at, 
when you're not even sure if anyone else really cares, in that moment and in that dark place, you are not alone. Or at least you don't have to be. For God is with us. When you feel lost and in need of answers or direction, and the decisions seem impossible, how will you know which way to go? And no one else can decide it for you, and you feel the pressure and the weight of all that. You're not alone. There is someone who may have direction to offer. And even if you blow it with your decision, he'll walk with you through that. He is God with us. When you're in great need and there doesn't seem to be provision in sight, you're not sure how there's going to be enough at the end of the month, then God is with you even in that. And He is more than enough. When you're grieving and the loss feels especially heavy to bear, and no one else can really bear your part of it, you're not alone. At least you certainly don't have to be, for God is with us. And even when you're uncertain in your faith, and you struggle with doubts, or maybe even have a time where you feel angry with God, even then, you're not alone. At least you certainly don't have to be. For God is with us, even in our doubts and in our anger. Here's the deal. Jesus left heaven so he would never have to leave us. Why did he give all that up and come and suffer and die? Why did he give up heaven to put up with people? I mean, you just read the Gospel of Mark sometimes. He's just constantly like, are you kidding me, people? <laughs> Why did he put up with all that? He left heaven so he would never have to leave us. And we think sometimes that the one great miracle is this Christmas morning and this Christmas celebration that somehow or another, the Holy Spirit entered Mary's body and did a miracle. How much more a miracle in the aftermath of Jesus' death and resurrection that His Holy Spirit enters you and you and me and us and is with us through no matter what we go through that we can call on His name and He is with us. That's a miracle. And you know that there's a sense, a very real sense, in which God is still incarnate in the world today. The, God, the apostles of Jesus taught us that the church, His people, His disciples, are his body. A body is a home for a spirit. 
They describe us as Jesus' hands and feet in this world. Jesus no longer walks around in a physical body amongst us the way he did 2,000 years ago amongst his disciples. Something much larger scale is going on. And you and I, along with all of our brothers and sisters, make up the body of Christ. And when we live according to the Spirit, when we live and walk and step with the Spirit, then it's Jesus who's walking in the world once again. And so one way that the world experiences the fact that God is with them is because we're here. We haven't been swooped off into the heavens. <laughs> we haven't been raptured out, right? We are here and the Holy Spirit lives in us and God is with us so that we can show the world that God is with us. And so they can share in the hope that we have. And we extend this hope to one another as well. When you give me an encouraging hug or say an encouraging word that the Holy Spirit has laid on your heart, God is with me in a special way in that moment. So consider this Christmas. Not only the fact that Jesus left heaven so he'd never have to leave you. Consider not only the fact that God is with you no matter what kind of pain or suffering you're dealing with, but consider also the fact that you can help God be incarnate, in a sense, to someone who is also in pain and suffering in this season. And you can speak the love of Christ into their life. And the Holy Spirit can help you with that. This is the miracle of Christmas, isn't it? That God would be with us, that He would want to live amongst us, and in us, that he left heaven so he would never have to leave us, that he promised that he would be with us even to the end of the age. This is why, even though this world is full of trouble, and even though Christians have always gotten their fair share of pain and suffering, and sometimes more than our fair share, we might say, that even in spite of that, We've held our heads high and we've kept hope and joy alive because God is with us. And I pray this Christmas that you would know that God is with you. If you aren't sure where you're at with God, but you would like to know that God is with you, would you give your life to Christ today? Would you put your faith in him as the son of God who died and resurrected and lives still yet and whose spirit is available to help you live a different way? Would you find that hope today? And if you'd like to, you're welcome to come and pray here or pray at your seat, but talk to God about it. And, and also, if you would, Use that connect card in your seat just to share with me that you'd like to give or re-give your life to God in this Christmas season so we can be in touch with you about that decision. Let's pray together. Father,
Thank you for this miracle of miracles. You are with us. We often live as if life should be easy or we pretend that there's no one who can understand or meet us where we're at in our darkest moments. Holy Spirit, would you draw near to us as we draw near to you? Would you make us more aware of your presence? Come and be with us, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen.